0: Welcome to the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. No matter your life stage, you can plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for great health coverage with a sensible price tag. Visit FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm so good. How are you?
0: Progressing through the week and glad to see sunshine. Me too. And uh, the football team was certainly glad to see sunshine based on the fact that on Thursday they could get outside and practice even though they will be playing inside.
1: Okay, it's it's like an indoor-outdoor experience. SoFi is an indoor stadium, but only technically. The roof is less of a roof. It's more of a lid.
0: Translucent.
1: Yeah. Uh, But uh, it's not – the walls are not completely connected. It's not an enclosed square container. It is – there's a lot of airflow, not a lot of walls, and just kind of a lid on top of the structure. Will
0: you look at it differently this year, knowing the Titans are on the verge of getting the full um, sign-off to build their own stadium that will be made – in a similar way?
1: 100%. I think there's a lot of things that I will be more aware of, I think, than I was maybe the first time we were there. Listen, the first time you're in SoFi, there's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, knowing what to expect, knowing that there is a breeze on the field, it greatly impacts the way that I dress for a game. Um, were you cold last year? Freezing. Because I mean, there's a pretty substantial crosswind just because there's so much open space. Right. I mean, the ends are completely open. There's no walls there.
0: Uh, are they? Are they like doors that they they take up, or are they always open? I
1: think they're always open. Okay. Um, there's a lot of just open air space. I think some of it is like garage doors, kind right. of, and I think some of it is just open spaces. And then there is a definite. Space between where the roof is and where it connects to the building. It's not like flush to the top of the whole building. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, there will definitely be things that I will be noticing knowing some of the conversations about what the Titans' new stadium could potentially look like and the ways that they are pulling from different stadiums. Absolutely. And so I'm excited about going in that regard. I'm excited to be able to see some of these um, places that you know will be used as kind of inspiration for what they're putting together. Well, what's
0: most interesting is Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas is the one that will be most like the new Titans, the new Nashville Stadium. And I've never been there. We haven't been there yet. And so we haven't seen it. Now, because SoFi is so much larger overall complex. I mean, the whole thing is just Absolutely massive, in terms of not just the stadium, but the campus of all of it, and the right. other the other things that are there. Um, it's a whole. Would you call it an entertainment complex? Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is a. It's a huge footprint. Just the amount of space that they have, and the amount of ways that they use not only the area. That is the stadium, but also kind of the parking lot, like outside entrance area. We walked a good bit of the stadium uh, last year because we were trying to find the right entrance to go in. Well, and we had a car. Yes, yeah, so we had to park.
0: At that time last year, we were still not traveling with the team again due to all the COVID protocols that were still in place. So... Before and after the game, we walked a mile. Right. It was a mile to where we parked. And, I mean, it was it was a haul.
1: Yes, it was a journey. But we got to see a lot of those spaces and kind of how they're utilizing that area outside of the stadium.
0: Um, and the Titans won.
1: And the Titans won. And that is also one of the better parts of that trip. But, yes, I will definitely be taking in the whole... SoFi experience with a very different eye than I did the first time. Because
0: when we were out there last year, we thought there was a real chance they were going to be renovating Nissan Stadium. And so there really would have been no comparison point. Now you're saying, oh, I see what it's going to look like with the roof, which is this, you know, translucent, translucent thing, like what they have in Minnesota. And uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have a different eye on it.
1: Just take a sweater because there is a chill. Yeah, Lucky. and it's not,
0: it's not very warm in Los Angeles right now either. Really? No, it's just, I haven't looked. It's in the 50s. And um, so it's not... Yeah, my son was telling me that it has not been terribly warm there. And it has rained a good bit. Of course, this is the time of the year they often get their rain in Southern California.
1: Hmm, good. Because what we need coming from Nashville is more rain. More rain, rain absolutely. Mm. All right,
0: so the Titans Thursday um injury report is out here's who did not practice cj board second straight day rib injury traylon burks second straight day concussion christian fulton second straight day groin dontrell hilliard second straight day neck so none of that's good no Robert Woods missed yesterday's practice with an illness full participant today
1: oh good Glad I, inter- he's I feeling interviewed better.
0: him as a matter of fact oh yeah had a chance to to visit with him a little bit about going back to Southern California which is not only where he came from it's where he's from oh you know he played at SC and yeah yeah
1: Lovely interview. He's a
0: good guy. Yes. He's a real nice guy. Danico Autry was back out again today, limited participant in practice. Trey Avery, who's coming off a concussion and missed the Jacksonville game, full participant today. Uh, Nate Davis did not practice today due to his knee. He normally takes Thursdays off. Right. Same with Derrick Henry. He normally takes Thursdays off. Amani Hooker did not practice today. That's interesting. Well, he's had the knee thing, and, you know, I I don't know. Yeah. We'll see, I hope. Um, Ben Jones was limited for a second straight day with a neck. Terrence Mitchell limited with a hamstring for a second straight day. Jeffrey Simmons did not practice today after being limited yesterday with the ankle. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, full participant with his ankle injury. Hassan Haskins, another full participant uh, as he is coming off the hip injury that has forced him to miss the last two games, what are you looking for?
1: I'm sorry, I'm definitely very involved in listening to every word you're saying. I know but you I'm are. Also, checking my my notes from the game to see if I had written anything about Amani Hooker because I had remembered noticing him, but I don't remember well, why. He, they
0: made him go out of the game for a play. Yeah. They, the spotter, the yep. medical spotter, made him go out of the game for a play, and then he came right back in.
1: And that's what it was, and, that and he all was, it was pulled out.
0: Yeah, and, and he sort of hit his head when he went to make a tackle. And
1: he had, it was something with his eye yeah. that he was stopping to get up, and they pulled him, and right. he was telling people, oh, no, it's, no, it's my, my eye, eye, it's my eye. Yep. But they still took him into the tent and did the full well, and you know what? field glad. sobriety test. <laughs> I, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal for player safety. I think it's totally worth the extra precautions. I think when you see a guy get his helmet back and go out on the field, that's a great sign. Um, But yes, I'm sorry. I was just consulting my chicken scratch.
0: (laughs) Because you write notes the whole game. I
1: write notes the whole game. So I carry around a large size manila folder and I just write whatever is happening or whatever's in my brain so that I just get it out and I have it somewhere and I carry it around with me all week so I can reference it if I need to. If I remember, oh, I thought about something. What was it? And I have it. The problem is that sometimes I don't get rid of them. So then I have lots of chicken scratch folders. You could autograph
0: them and sell them.
1: I don't think anybody wants them because mainly they probably can't read this. And sometimes I write mean things on them. Do you really? Well, if a fan is being particularly mean to me, sometimes just to get it out of my head, I write it down. Like, this guy said How this to me. How you would
0: respond to. No, i so write down
1: so. what he actually said. Oh, wow. Or what happened, just so that I'm not. I have to write something well, down. That doesn't to get happen
0: it. at home, does it? No. Okay. It's
1: for road games. But sometimes I wouldn't want to give that to somebody. But. I'll write it down to get it out of my brain and onto my folder. We've really gone off track. I'm no, sorry. No, no, but, but I,
0: that's interesting. But well, you're, yeah. you're on the sidelines. I think people always want to know what's happening on the sidelines. I think people are very When I used to do sidelines, I used to get a lot of questions for people say, "What do you do? What do you see? What do you, you know?" Yeah. Because just, everybody wants to be down there.
1: Yeah. And it's the it's the coolest place to be if you don't want to see the game. <laughs> right. If you want to see the game, it's the worst place in the whole stadium to be. You can't see anything. But it's, there, it's sensory overload all mm-hmm. the time. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's an actual NFL football game happening in front of you. Right. You're listening to Mike Keith and Coach Mack in your brain. So you can't hear anything else, but you're seeing everything else. And there's just a lot of stuff going on and I have found, now that I've been doing this for a while, the only way that I can keep myself organized is if something pops into my brain, I have to just write it down because I don't have the capability of keeping things in order one after another and I'll think oh shoot, what was I thinking about 30 seconds ago? I don't remember because that guy started talking or because this thing got my attention over here or someone walked in the tent and my brain went in a different direction. So I write everything down just on this folder that's in my hand. It is not organized, it is not any sort of thing that makes sense to anybody else. But if Mike comes down to me on the sidelines, I have a list of the things I was just thinking about. And somewhere in there is going to be what he's going to ask me about. So, I mean, it's.
0: See, it was different for me because security was quite different when I was doing sidelines on TV. And I would go anywhere. Oh. Now, I wasn't supposed to.
1: (laughs) I can't. I do, that. Well, I get in places that I don't but think I'm i supposed but, to. Well, make. I
0: went everywhere I wasn't supposed to. Oh. I would go back to the locker room, into the tunnel. I would... I mean, that was my thing, is I wanted... If I wanted to know something, I just went, and it was the ask forgiveness, not permission model. Yeah. And I, I got in some trouble doing that.
1: This doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah,
0: but I... Do I think the information was good? Yeah, I think the information was really good. Yeah. You can't, you couldn't do this now; you'd be arrested.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I am appreciative that the the Titan staff and the guys that are down on the field are people who trust me just r- beyond the scope of what
0: they should, what I
1: probably deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, I mean, I can be anywhere doing anything and. They kind of just tell me to move if I'm in the way. Um, but other than that, I mean. Uh, Have I'll you ever
0: had police involved?
1: <laughs> I've had a lot of stadium security involved.
0: I've had, I had police involved. Did you? Yeah, I did.
1: See, I've never on a game day at other NFL events. I've had police involved. Well, that's involved, a different story. But not, not. I'm a,
0: talking about being the sideline Not reporter. as a
1: sideline reporter. No, just stadium security. Never the actual cops.
0: So Lonnie Johnson, um, defensive back, came back to practice today. Uh, we we know that uh, it's been exciting to see um, Zach Cunningham back at practice. Absolutely, it's been exciting to see Denico Autry back at practice. Now the difference is Denico has not been on IR. The other two gentlemen are on IR. So the Titans will need a roster spot if they bring either one of those guys up. Another question becomes: What do the Titans do at running back? Because they have Julius Chestnut, who is um, on practice squad, and they also ha- now have Jonathan Ward, who played for Arizona. He's a running back that has been on, has been signed to the practice squad. So. For the third running back, one of those guys will either have to be a standard elevation or they will have to be activated. Yeah. And and we'll see. And maybe they use both of them. I don't know. Uh, maybe they sign one to the active roster and then bring up one as a standard elevation. But the Titans are beginning to run out of guys that can return from IR because they've had so many guys on injured reserve. Wow. Uh- and there is a set number. I believe the number is. 8 or 9?
1: Well, uh, 8 or 9 or whatever the number is, it's it just goes to show you how the season has gone. Yeah, and and
0: but it's been the same for the Chargers. Yeah. I Which, mean, Derwin James is not practicing, Joy Bosa's is not back out there. I mean, they they've lost stars the same way and they've they're 7 and 6 and hanging in there and you know, Who's going to win this game is going to be whoever plays better. And, and that sounds very um, simplistic, but I, I think what they did is they went out and played very well against Miami and beat them in spite of two fluke plays that gave Miami 14 points. Statistically, they dominated the game and played, played their best defensive game, played great offense, and they, they just outplayed them and went and won the game. That's what the Titans are going to have to do. They're just going to have to find a way, no matter who they're sending out there, to go and win the game.
1: Well, and the nice thing is that historically, that is the Titans' calling card. This team under Mike Vrabel finds a way to win a game, no matter who's out there. But
0: that's it. I mean, to your point, you got to find a way. Yeah. I mean, guess what? Their offensive tackles haven't been very good this year. You know? Okay, that's the way it goes. So can you take advantage of that? are they going to try to take advantage of your situation at offensive tackle who wins yeah who wins the game generally wins those sorts of battles i sent you a stat that the last 9 games that Derrick Henry has played against teams that have bottom 5 rushing defenses he's averaged 180 yards per game and the titans have won 8 of 9 yep and you're like well that's too bad you know it, no it's not you got to find – if they can't stop the run, run.
1: Yeah, find win. a way to win. Win the game. Yep, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, that that's – and that's what Vrabel is really preaching right now is find a way to win this game just by going and taking it to them. Yeah. And if they throw for 8 million yards on you, they're not going to feel sorry for you because you have secondary injuries and other things, missing David Long in the passing – Defense And, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Here we are. You know, it's December 15th, and it's time to sprint to the finish.
1: Well, and that's the thing about these next games that are coming up, this stretch that the Titans have to close out the regular season. Just win the dang game. Right. Nobody cares about your situation anymore. We have reached the point in the season where every team, all 32 of them are all banged up. Nobody's playing healthy anymore. They just aren't. Some are more banged up than others. Yeah,
0: but everybody's got a situation. Everybody's got a
1: thing, and it's time to just go out there and win some games. Right. This this is the reality. Uh,
0: We had a great chance with our friend Rhett Bryan earlier this week to visit with one of the all-time great humans, Daniel Jeremiah. And uh, we wanted to share that on this edition of the OTP because Daniel Jeremiah is, is so good. He's so good at the draft. He covers the Chargers on radio. He's he is a former scout. He understands the league. Um he he really gets it. I think he is just so good. When he and Charles Davis are on NFL Network together during the draft, it is just perfect.
1: It is, and a lot of conversation.
0: It is a lot of conversation because <laughs> they are both talkers. They
1: are. It's great.
0: But you know who his dad is, right? No. His dad is the pastor David Jeremiah, who's been on national TV For years, Dr. David Jeremiah. No
1: kidding. Yes, yes. Very loquacious family.
0: Uh, Yes, and uh, Dr. Jeremiah is, uh, golly, he's got to be well into his 80s and is still going strong. That's
1: incredible. Yeah,
0: that's Daniel Jeremiah's father. How about that for a little tip?
1: Well, you just blew my mind a little bit right there. I know,
0: I know. You had no idea because you've seen him on TV for years and you had no idea that that's who that was. No clue. No clue. Well, what we have a clue about is that Daniel Jeremiah joined Amy Wells, Rhett, Brian, and me earlier this week. Here's that conversation on the OTP. You know him well from NFL Network and the Move the Sticks podcast. Daniel also joins Matt Money Smith for Los Angeles Chargers radio broadcasts, and he's joining us now on the Mike Vrabel Show. Daniel, thank you so much.
2: Welcome. Oh, it's great to be with you, man. How are you doing?
0: We're It's it, interesting times. Uh, Titans have dropped three in a row, seven and six, getting ready to take on the Chargers, who are seven and six. But we, we cannot bring you on this show without asking at least some, maybe a couple, <laughs> draft questions. So as you begin to look at the 2023 draft, which will happen in late April in Kansas City, can you already begin to evaluate strengths and weaknesses of the upcoming draft
2: well I, I've probably got a ways to go before I can feel comfortable about that i mean it, one, one position that's kind of an obscure position that I think is going to be really good this year's tight end um we've had some years where it's been a, bit, a little bit lean there uh, it's a it's a really good group um it's an intriguing mix of quarterbacks I don't think it's anything like the uh you know the 2020 group. Where we've seen those guys all just have, you know really play really well, I don't think it's on that level. But there's some real intriguing names in the mix here at the quarterback spot.
3: Daniel, is the draft now set more by what happens at the Senior Bowl or or what happens at the NFL Combine?
2: Well, that's a great question. I would say, you know. I would say it's, it's really not an advantage to either one. You know, I think more than anything else, the thing that's changed in scouting over over the last five to 10 years has been the data teams have been able to collect the in-game data that these colleges have. The NFL's had it for a while. Now, almost every college, every power five school for sure has it. And probably most of division one programs. So you can get in-game speed. Um, You know, you can get in-game MPH, you can get acceleration. Um, So, In the past where you'd say, okay, well, we got to get this guy to the combine to see if he can really run. Well, now we have in-game data that shows absolutely he can run, or maybe there's concerns about this player. So I think because of all that information we have now, maybe the combine doesn't carry quite the same importance from that standpoint in the senior bowl, you know, look, they've done a great job. Jim Nagy is a good buddy. He does a wonderful job with that ball game, but we are in in an era with the underclassmen, you know, that so many underclassmen come out. So, You know, unless they've graduated, they're not eligible to play in that football game. So, you know, again, it's great for quarterbacks that go there and they've had a great track record at that position. But I think really it's kind of it's really turned back into the regular season being the most valuable tool.
1: Daniel, you mentioned the upcoming quarterback class, and I can't let these guys just breeze right by that. (laughs) I've got to ask you a question. If quarterback Bryce Young chooses to enter the NFL draft draft, Will he be the most scrutinized player in this draft? And could that scrutiny then result in something that maybe turns the whole first round around?
2: Oh, I 100% think he'll be the most scrutinized because he's something that we haven't seen. And I know people will quickly point out, oh, you know, from a height standpoint, you look at Kyler Murray, look at Baker Mayfield. These weren't big guys and the success that they've had, um, you know, dating all the way back to Russell Wilson. But this is different. This is a slightly built guy. Um, Who's not only going to be under six feet tall, most likely he's going to be, you know, under 200 pounds. So, not a big guy at all. And that's the, you know, that's going to be the debate. I, I don't think he's for every team, every division, every situation. I think in the right spot, he can be outstanding because he is an unbelievable player. You know, accuracy, poise, touch, leadership, all that stuff's off the charts. It's just a matter of, you know, can you get in a spot where they can keep him healthy? Um, And I, I look. You know, I look at a team like Houston um, inside their division, and I think that would be a, a really good fit for him, playing in, indoors, playing in good weather for the most part. Um, you've got a franchise left tackle there, Malaremy Tunsil. It just that one to me makes a lot of sense.
0: Okay, enough draft for now. Let's talk Los Angeles Chargers. Quarterback Justin Herbert, he's been the constant for this team that's had a ton of injuries outside of his numbers where has Justin Herbert made the most progress since his arrival with the team in 2020?
2: Mike, you know, I I look at Justin and the pieces that have been missing around him, and they're not just small pieces. When you think about an all-pro left tackle and Rashawn Slater hasn't played mostly the whole year, Corey Lindsay, your all-pro center has been in and out of the lineup. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen finally got to see those guys play together for a whole game. We hadn't seen yet that uh, this season. So, He's had all these pieces missing. And I think what he's done this year is, even though some of these games they haven't won, he's kind of willed this team and kept them in ball games, you know, despite missing all these pieces. We haven't even started about the pieces that they're missing on the defensive side of the ball. So I think to me, you know, I we'll always talk about trucks and trailers on our podcast, and there's quarterbacks that are dependent on their environment, and then there's quarterbacks that can elevate those in their environment. I think Justin Herbert is definitely one of those guys who's made everybody else better around him. And that's a major development.
3: Daniel, taking into consideration those offensive pieces you were talking about, where do you think Justin Herbert still has the most room to grow?
2: Well, you know i i I want to see him use a little bit more as a as a runner. You know, he's a tremendous athlete. He's a reluctant runner. He doesn't like to do it. Obviously, he had that that rib injury against Kansas City early in the season. You saw in that game though against the Miami Dolphins on a key third down, he used his legs, to take off, and, and get it. And he was able to slide. He doesn't get hit. I'm going to ask him to play reckless. You know, Josh Allen probably crosses the line a little bit on some of that stuff with how aggressive he is. He doesn't need to go full Josh Allen. Um, but somebody inside the division like Patrick Mahomes, who strategically uses his legs to go get some first downs in games, Justin can do that. He's got that ability. Um, so I'd like to see him continue to kind of grow in that area. Be be a smart. Be smart about it, but be a little bit more aggressive.
1: We know the Chargers would not have survived all the injuries they've had this season without Justin Herbert, but they also wouldn't have survived without Austin Eckler's ability to both run and catch the football. He has over 600 yards rushing and receiving. How impressed are you by his consistency?
2: Well, he's first of all just all day tough. You know, I, I don't think he's going to get compared to to Derrick Henry anytime soon. Just in terms of if you stood him next to each other, would probably look like Judge and Altuve in that uh, that famous picture. But they they are actually similar in terms of how tough they are. Different body types for sure. But when you look at Austin Eckler you look at him grind out yards after contact, it's it's unexpected. I think for people that don't see him. Uh, but pound for pound, I think he's one of the strongest players in the league. Um, and then out of the backfield, he's just reliable. He's consistent. There's a check down completion for you anytime you want it. And then he's, you know, his ability to make that first man miss is is pretty special.
1: Austin Eckler leads the Chargers with 93 receptions, but then there's Josh Palmer, who is second with 61. Has Palmer been a surprising year, too?
2: Well, I mean, first of all, you're contractually obligated to ask a question about a Tennessee volunteer. Go uh, Vols. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I knew Mike wasn't gonna let that one get by. I made uh, the Missouri
0: no. Tiger ask the
2: question. Yeah, he did that on purpose. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh he's he really has. He's a good player. I I remember talking to Mike about it when he was coming out. When you when you think about him in the Alabama game against Patrick Sertan and him making a play down the field over what now is one of the best NFL corners, forget one of the best corners in, in the draft, um, you knew he had that ability. And now what happens is you saw him step up in their absence with Keenan and Mike. And now that Keenan and Mike come back, now I think he's going to get a chance to get some more favorable matchups. Um, he's not going to be seeing the top guy anymore. That's going to that's going to find its way elsewhere. So I, I look for him and this Chargers team as they're trying to make a push to get into the postseason. I think Palmer's going to be a big part of it.
3: Daniel, outside of the guys that we just mentioned there, who's the unsung hero on this Chargers offense right now?
2: I, I would probably say Jamari Sawyer. You know, he's played a respectable left tackle as a rookie late-round draft pick who is supposed to be playing guard you know, played left tackle at Georgia, but everybody said, you know, he's got to play guard at the next level. Wasn't expected to play at all this year. I mean, you bring back a second year guy who's an all pro and Rashawn Slater, you're sitting there thinking, okay, this is developmental interior offensive lineman. This guy's played left tackle and played a respectable left tackle for the chargers, um, and really kind of saved their season because once that injury happened, uh, man, you're looking at that going, oh, gosh, they've had some issues on the right side previously, and now you use your, you lose your left tackle? Like, how are they going to survive this? And he has been more than uh, more than acceptable, more than adequate. He's played really good football.
0: Daniel Jeremiah with us. He's known for a lot of things. Right now we're talking to him about being the radio analyst for the Los Angeles Chargers, ready to turn to defense now. A lot was made of the Khalil Mack acquisition in the offseason So far, Daniel has he lived up to the billing?
2: He's been really solid. You know, I I think he's sitting at about seven sacks right now. Um, You know, one of the one of the things that got everybody with the Chargers fired up about bringing in Khalil Mack is the fact that you're going to have him on one side and Joey Bosa on the other, and you know, Bosa is going to attract the attention. Probably one of the top. You know, three or four, you know, pure edge rushers in the NFL is just uh, is somebody that every week when you see it, you see backs and tight ends chipping on him. And it was going to really free up Khalil for the first time in his career to have just consistent one on one matchups. And then, of course, Bosa goes down with an injury early in the season. And he has been, you know, kind of the lone ranger out there. He commands the attention each and every week. He's held up running well against the run. He's always been real firm, uh, setting the edge out there. But I think, you know, the pass rush production, I think, would be much higher uh, had Bosa been able to stay healthy. But again, the hope with the Chargers is they were able to kind of, you know, kind of ride this wave out. And then, you know, sooner than later, you're going to get some of these defensive guys back.
3: Daniel Jeremiah, looking at the stat sheet, the Chargers give up 147 yards per game rushing. Is that a result of a couple of big games for the opponent? Or do the Chargers really have a run defense issue overall?
2: Well, it's been a consistent problem, um, but I, I think you can look at it and say, I think they were down uh, when with this last game with Sebastian Joseph Day not playing. I think we counted up that they were down from the start of their season, their top six defensive linemen not playing. So you count Khalil Mack as an outside linebacker, but all of their starting interior defensive linemen are gone. Um, so they have had to dig deep into their depth um, and, and guys are undersized. They're competitive. They're given their all out there. But... Anybody in the league, when you lose that many bodies, you're going to have issues uh, against the run, and that's that's kind of been the case. Now, they they were much better against the Miami Dolphins, um, but when you look at this game against the Tennessee Titans, I mean, you could, you could take this into a courtroom, and you could make a strong case that Derrick Henry could rush for 300 yards, and the Chargers would come back and make a strong case that Justin Herbert might throw for 600 yards. I mean, this is really strength <laughs> versus weakness for both teams, so it's going to be a fascinating game.
3: Well, that Dolphins' performance in Week 14 on Sunday Night Football, was that their best performance of the season so far defensively?
2: No, no question. No question. When you consider you know, not only missing those pieces up front, Derwin James doesn't play. Bryce Callahan, your starting nickel, doesn't play. You're going up against that that offense with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and Tua playing the way he was playing. So to be shorthanded, and really when you look at the game, you had the freak fumble touchdown by Tyreek Hill that was over 50 yards. You had uh, Michael Davis, who's in perfect coverage, down the field trips, and then Tyreek Hill gets a 60-plus-yard touchdown. Outside of those plays, the Miami Dolphins did nothing. They completely shut them down. So uh, I think when you consider who they were missing, what was on the line, and kind of a gotta-have-it game after blowing one against the Raiders, uh, absolutely that was the best defensive performance of the season.
1: Do the Chargers feel like they have their issues in the kicking game worked out as we head into Week 15?
2: I've never seen uh, a more popular uh, kicker when you go on the road and the chargers, you know, I think it'll surprise some people, but you know, you've seen it when they've gone there, they actually have a a good number of fans that will, that will travel and you'll see them on the road. And when they're out there in warmups, Cameron Dicker, Dicker, the kicker, um, he gets a lot of attention from charger fans. They are so excited to have a consistent kicker. Who's been just completely reliable the punting game, which had not been great previously, J.K. Scott has come in and really solidified that as well. Um, so, now I've been doing these games for five years. So, you know, I Mike's been doing it, what, 60 years, 65 67. years? 67, yeah. 67 <laughs> years, yeah. correct. Um, so this is the best kicking situation in my five years of doing Charger games. All right, final question.
0: Are there injured players that the Los Angeles Chargers could get back for Sunday's game with Tennessee?
2: Well, I think all eyes during the week will be on Joey Bosa. You know, there was a report out there that he might practice this week. You know, I don't know how accurate that is. I didn't hear that from anybody inside the organization, but I would imagine, you know, once he starts practicing, then, you know, the clock's ticking and you'll see him back out in the field pretty soon. So that's one I think you definitely keep an eye on. Derwin James, you know, it sounded like it was a quad injury. You know, that I don't have a great feel on that, whether or not he will be back. But I think Trey Pipkins, who's played pretty well at right tackle this year, uh, looked like he was pretty close watching him in warmups the other night. Maybe he's uh, a good chance he comes back on that offensive line.
0: Seven and six against seven and six. Titans and the Chargers from SoFi on Sunday. Daniel Jeremiah, we will see you there. And thank you so much for taking time. Anytime. Look forward to seeing him this weekend.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be fun. It's
0: going to be a lot of fun uh he he and matt money smith do the chargers games
1: that's got to be just a fun radio booth to be in oh i would think so cuz
0: money is um money he is money <laughs> well he he has a talk show um in in los angeles and it's phenomenal he has like an afternoon sports talk show hmm. uh money and petros i think
1: uh yeah, I think that sounds right. right.
0: Yeah. Petros Papadakis. Um fine Greek name.
1: Yeah, it is it's, a fine Greek name. Um
0: and they're great together. I I mean it is it, when you listen to their to their talk show, it's like how a talk show ought to be. It's just big time and good and and money knows about all sorts of things. He knows a ton about music. Um he's I mean, he is really an interesting guy.
1: He's like a radio guy's radio guy.
0: Yeah, uh, but but he was in the music business before he got into broadcasting. So they do a they do a yeah. really good broadcast for the Chargers, and I really salute the Chargers for bringing the two of them in because they grabbed two big names. And sort of saw the vision of what it could be. And it's very entertaining for their fan base.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, both of them have been very kind to us over very the years. Very kind. And are, have been featured on the OTP. They've
0: been featured on the OTP and probably will again. There you go. Because they – see, their problem is they say yes.
1: Mm. And then are good. And you then can they're good. You say yes all the time, but they're yeah. terrible. And then
0: they're good, but they can't say no – Yeah. And, you know, some people very easily can say no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And do. Too many people, actually. Less knowers, please.
0: But not those two guys.
1: Nope. Yes men. Really like it. All
0: right. So let's go through what happens this weekend. Titans at Chargers, SoFi Stadium, 325 Central Time. Titans Countdown on the air at 2 Central. So it's an extra 25 minutes of Titans Countdown.
1: You are welcome, folks. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about it. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. Lots of uh, lots of good interviews, and it's going to be it's going to be a stacked show. Get you ready. Get you ready.
0: Get you ready. All right. Also, I uh, want to mention if you have questions for us, OTPQs.
1: We're bringing it back.
0: We're bringing it back. Tell people how they can send in their OTPQs.
1: TennesseeTitans.com dot com slash otpq. TennesseeTitans.com dot com slash otpq. Submit your questions there or. Hit me up on Twitter at Titans Amy A-M-I-E, and just send me your questions. I'll get them there, too.
0: This part of the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans is actually brought to you by our friends at Dunkin's, featuring the new Dunkin's Reward Program. These are rewards you can really use. No, really. Use them on free donuts, coffees, and breakfast sandwiches. America runs on Dunkin'. Terms apply.
1: I love Duncan.
0: I had Duncan every morning this week. Have I, you? I have needed it.
1: One of those weeks.
0: Needed the fuel.
1: I get it. I had a box of munchkins the other day. I know. And they gave me like three extra, and it was like finding a curly fry in a sea of regular fries. It was just such a Munchkin treat. Munchkin heaven. I needed the extra ones, and whoever put that box together knew that, and I just appreciate that person anticipating my needs. mm They were really good. I don't know
0: if it's a good idea saying that on behalf of Duncan though, because now everybody's going to expect three extra munchkins.
1: No, I think it was a lucky treat, and I I, I would have paid for it had I known. mm mm-hmm. Because,
0: but they don't sell munchkins by the ones or no. by the threes. No, you buy the box. Five, You 10, buy them by the 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40.
1: I think you get 25 and then you just get two boxes.
0: 45, 50. Yeah. 45, 40. 35, 30.
1: You're such a play-by-play guy.
0: Sorry. It's too, it's too <laughs> you easy. You can't stop. You didn't get it right no. away. You <laughs>
1: no, really I was still really didn't donuts. Pick on donuts. really
0: did pick up on it right God, away. God,
1: we had to go all the way past the 50 and back. back, <laughs> yeah.
0: Golly. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm <laughs> Bureau Health Plans, more health care coverage. It's a better experience. Visit FBHP.com to learn more. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith, thanking you for listening to the OTP.
1: That was funny. <laughs>